How's it going, Danny? Y'all betcha I'm here. Y'all betcha. Oh my goodness. Oh you know, my goodness. You know, one thing happened the other day that I couldn't figure out. In the middle of a meeting with team members, I started saying y'all. Oh, is that good or is that bad? Did they make I, fun of you immediately? I Well, it, nobody said anything at first. It was like, oh, it's one of those things I think you're wondering. It's like, like you know, when... As a parent, it's like the first time your kid says a curse word, you're like, wait, do I even respond to that? Or do I pretend that that wasn't said in the hopes that he doesn't know he just dropped an S-bomb? Um, you know, but I think I was at first ignored. People were like, is he y'all in this? And then I said y'all a couple times, and then I, I brought up the elephant in the room. I was like, why am I saying y'all? And um, oh, I like that. Yeah, I like when you when you say something completely ridiculous and you know yeah. it's completely ridiculous. Not like y'all is completely ridiculous, but it's a little bit out of character. And you're For, like, what? Where did that even come that from? Area. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there are people. I I know a lot of people that say y'all like uh, y- y'all are. Uh, y'all are gonna like this, and what I know there are, we have uh, we actually just got back from our meetup in in uh, at the Dominican, and um, and then we have some some Southern employees. We have a uh, an employee from uh, New New Orleans, New Orleans, uh, Dan, one of our developers, working on some special projects. We got Cody from Tennessee, and and I think that was it. I think that was the reason why I came back with some y'alls. But uh, Mike. Mike, who was in this content meeting with me, said I was saying y'all because I'm secretly rooting for the Houston Astros in the World Series versus the Dodgers, and they're from Texas, and so, you know, whatever. Anyway, but yeah, so that that happened this week. I I, I slipped into a Southern accident. Accident. <laughs> I slipped into accident. a Southern accent unintentionally. I think it's totally possible when I, I, I travel. If you stay, you know, for a long about amount of time, even just a few days, but maybe like a week, maybe a little bit longer in any place, you can easily um, just fall into that routine. When I lived in Romania for a while, by the time I came back, I was I, I was called I was like basically speaking broken English because right. when they would speak English, some some of my Romanian friends like spoke really well and um, really good English, um, and obviously they spoke really fluent Romanian. Right. Uh, but when they would speak English, it was kind of a broken slower because they would think about their words a little bit more. And then I started kind of slowing down my vocabulary and speaking in, in between because I would pick up a few Romanian words and you kind of like hybrid it a little bit, it, which is kind of fun. Yeah. It, but it's I think like it's really Spang- easy it's like to do. like Spanglish. Spanglish. You mm-hmm. could have been. Yeah. You could have been the Adam Sandler of this Romanian version. Rome, Romlish or English. English, I don't know how to combine Romanian and English. I'm going to stop trying to butcher that Romlish. right now. It's Romlish. By the way, I remember when you when you were in Romania. That was back when, God, we were so young. So young, so naive. Yeah. And, and the company, it's like you have like, I just, I mean, this was totally unplanned. I had to reflect on just how far you've come. I mean, you are like. You are not to toot your horn, but you're, you know, you're kind of a big deal now and you travel and you give all these talks. And I remember those days of coming back to the AZ and, and seeing you and you were working for, you were working for Canon, right? You were working for, yeah. and yeah. oh my gosh, I was working Motsi, for Canon. Motsi, give yourself a hug for me. You have, you know, hug. I know, I know you spend a lot of time on this show being proud of me, but I, I'm so proud of you. Seriously. Oh, you thanks, are, buddy. you've come a long way. That's amazing. I always, you know, I, I used to live in mom's basement. and That's uh, right, mom's basement. 
mom's basement. I used to live down there. All my packages <laughs> were down there. I'd come oh. home. I was, I, was, I was a big boy growing up in mom's basement, working for yep. Canon, living in Romania. And that's a funny story because I, my, I was in between leases in my apartments down in Phoenix. And I asked mom. So this is my my third mom. So this is a lot of people uh, don't know which mom mom. you're referring to. She's literally my mother-in-law. That's how Luke and I know each other. I uh, anyway, not Luke. I mean Mats. Mats and I kind of met through Luke, um, who was a uh, a somebody who I knew younger. He knew younger, but I married Luke's sister. That's my wife. And mom is kind of like all of our mom. Uh, That's uh, Kathy. We won't go into any last names or locations. But anyway, just to clarify for the story, that's mom. Yeah. And we're, and we're all big one family, really. So that's why it's just, it's, it's mom. So I got multiple moms and, uh, yeah. And I was living because I was, I was in Romania for like three months and I came back and they wanted to send me back again, but my lease was up and I'm like, why am I going to pay to do this? I'm gonna move in with mom. I, I remember I, I traded, I traded mom. Um, I had a TV and I'm like, I don't need this TV. I'm going to trade her my TV for a month's rent. <laughs> and I think that TV is still up uh, in northern in northern Fe- yeah Port northern Phoenix area, which is great. Every time I go home, it's great. And I was just down there; it's, it's quite lovely. It, it just feels like coming home. Like when I go home to Ohio, or when I come anywhere, it's just like coming home and meeting the family and, and seeing ev- all, all, all everyone. It's so great. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It, it's, it is a long time ago, and I, I always tell that story of how I spent a lot of time over in Romania, and then I came back and forth, spent a lot of time in Germany. I mean, now I'm I'm, I'm Still traveling all over the place, right? I'm in, but, I'm but in you, Mexico right now. Your location now is uh, is settled. Uh, at least you know you and you know you're looking for a house. You're, you're pretty settled where you are now. But, I did move out of the basement, if that's what you're asking. Right. Yes, no, you're no is. longer you're no longer living in mom's basement, even though your TV and potentially some other old relics are still in that house. Um, it is. Yeah, that's a great. Time. I know what you mean yeah. on the broken English though thing. I I, I sell my. Like when I talk Russian, I say, hello, I am very nice hungry. I would like a big meal. Is this okay you have? You see what I just did there? Yeah, I see what you did I, Is right this there. okay you have? Like it, I, I know how to like break the English where like if I'm in a restaurant and I'm doing like my Russian accent and my friends or whatever, like it always sells because I can break English in a way. Along with the accent, I like very nice your uh, lighting here. It is it's good for my table. This is nice. Like that's how you break. When you break the English, it's like so much more believable. It is. Now, now that said, though, if you go to Russia, I hope that you don't try to bring out that accent at all. No, I don't. I, mean, I don't. And that's more Ukrainian. Yeah. What I just did there, and I, I just, yeah. I just have fun with it. I, most of my good friends are Russian. You know, um, not most of them. <laughs> I have like <laughs> one. No, most, of, most of my friends. <laughs> you know, that's like the guy saying, "I'm allowed to be racist because I have friends of minorities." <laughs> no, yeah. that's not uh, what I'm okay. saying. I'm saying that uh, I, I wouldn't do that accent in Russia. I would probably try to speak Russian. I do still speak a little bit of Russian. I would, I would attempt to look like the idiot American who's trying to remember the Russian that he knew for a few years in high school. So. And I think that's okay. I'm actually in Mexico right now. And, you know, Heather speaks fluent Spanish. So I, I pick up a few words here and there. And I know a little bit of Spanish. Because Spanish is very, there's a few similar words. When you look at them, you can know what it is. Like salad is ensalada, right? So like that's pretty, you know. And then I know pollo because el pollo loco. Right. And I'm like, and, and then pollo. I know pollo. And then I know um, there's some like desserts, con leche or con leche, which is like yeah. with whatever. So I know the word. So like last night I, I looked at the salad menu. And I was like, oh, con, uh, ensalada con pollo. Right. Cause I was like, sl- I'm slapping words together. And, and I was right, talking right. to Heather last night and she goes, you know, people, I think in other countries really appreciate it when you attempt to speak that language. I, I I'm agree. not sure if it, it's I true, agree. but I believe so. So I think I'm really trying really hard to 
to just a little bit here and there. And then I can say, you know, un poquito español. And I'm not even sure if I'm saying that correct, but they at least know that I'm trying. And I, you know, right. do the no, little I, visual I, I cues. I completely agree with you. And I'll add that I, uh, even though I, I play an ugly American on chess TV and, and try to pretend to be an idiot who um, has, uh, has, has less of a care for the, for the other cultures. It's actually, I mean, it's just kind of fun. And I think it's actually just a way that we engage, but I can say that I really, really try hard to do that, not just with, uh, languages when we're there, but also pronouncing them in the way that they're supposed to be pronounced. For example, um, you know, there's so many Soviet names that you, uh, not even Soviet, uh, Slavic, Slavic names that you use, um, in, in chess, uh, just storytelling. Like you're talking about world champions and you're talking about, uh, you know, great chess players. And so many of them are, um, like I said, Slavic names. I say like, you know, Russian, Ukrainian. Uh, I mean, so saying Al Yohin, a lot of people, I mean, Al Yohin is spelled A-L-E-K-H-I-N-E. Americans say Alakine, but it's like when Americans mm. say Kasparov instead of Kasparov. And you don't know, in the Slavic language, there is no soft ass sound. There's only ah, actually. Uh, anyway, like things like that. I think I, I really do try and I've certainly make mistakes. And obviously the Slavic uh, language and pronunciations is something I know well. I know much better than others. So I'm sure that I mess it up on a regular basis. But it, it, I, I agree. I think it's important just to make the effort and... Um, and uh, yeah, so there you go. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna tell you something awesome, and not just because I work for Microsoft. Okay. But we we have this app. It's on iOS and Android, and it's it's called the, the Microsoft Translator. Okay. And there's a Google Translate app too. Yes. But this yeah. thing has this really cool mode um, that you can just start translating. So let's say that you are giving a presentation, okay. And you are are speaking to a Spanish audience. What you can do is you can start a conversation and they'll get a unique code and they can go to a URL on their, on their actually for any language, sorry. So what will happen is you'll say, start conversation. You'll give them a code. It's a URL. Okay. And then they can pick what language they want it translated into. And it'll translate everything on the fly as you're, as you're talking. Better yet, you can go in and, you know, do text to, um, text to, uh, sorry, voice to text and have it translate, right? So I'm like, oh, I'm going to speak English, translate to Spanish. But then they have a better mode, which is a, a chat mode. So it shows two microphones and you say, all right, I'm speaking to someone in Spanish. So on the top, it'll say press and hold mic in Spanish. And on the bottom, it'll say press and hold mic in English. So I can say something and it'll be translated into Spanish. And then they can say something into Spanish and it'll be translated into English. It is bananas. That sounds good even just for like teaching yourself a language. Like, yeah, just if I, knowing stuff. If I just had somebody there that spoke a different language, I mean, you could just you could do that all day, right? You could yeah, you could just sit there and, and kind of practice a language. I think with a lot of those things, and I don't know how this compares to other potential apps that are similar, but I feel like my experience with a lot of those things has been that some work really well. Others are like a little clunky where like you do it and the translation is broken in some way or it doesn't get it. But it sounds like this one is pretty intuitive. It's pretty good. It's pretty. I've actually used it here when we went out to dinner one time because I was trying, but sometimes it's just like too complicated. So I switched it over. But um, yeah, that's fun. Anyways, that's that's like international travel life. I mean, that's what happens. It's like you're trying to take on all these, and I'll be in in Brazil by tomorrow, which is Portuguese, and then I'll be in Chile, which I believe is 
Spanish? I could, I don't even, and that's like every travel adapter. How many travel adapters do you need to bring with you to, right. to, uh, that's like, that's like what language does everyone speak? And then what travel adapter do I need? That, that's like the life of an international traveler. Yeah. And then you're wondering what the plugs are. I feel like the, that was my first kind of young American traveling where I didn't even realize that I was heading, I was spending a summer in Moscow and didn't realize that like, I couldn't just like bring my laptop plug. Like, yeah, so naive, right? You're just like, oh, right. I was, you I just was kind like, of expect what? like, yeah, of course. Why wouldn't everyone use a different kind? Stuff? Like, why? Yeah. Why wouldn't they just use the American plugs? You yeah. know, like, what I, are I mean, these? What know. are these kilometers? I don't <laughs> yeah. understand this. Kilometer? No. Anyway, no. I I'd like to think I was never. I was. There was a little bit of you know. There's always culture shock, but it, there wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. You know, I don't. I don't think I'm somebody who tries to squeeze things back into my own comfort box, right? I mean, that's certainly something you experience. People like that, and you know, we're. If it's uncomfortable, it's wrong or bad. I don't think that, but I think when I was young and traveling a lot, I just got so used to kind of being thrown into stuff like that, you know, where I got a little more adaptable to something being outside of my regular regular comfort zone of, of what I normally experience. But you, you deal yeah, with that a lot now. Yeah. Yeah, I think you got – I saw some tweets. I, I was following you. I know you're following me on Twitter, so you always know where I'm at. But I saw some uh, – we talked about it last week. You're, you headed off to TwitchCon, and right. it looked like uh, – was it a blast? Was it terrible? Like, what, what it, happened? It was interesting because I'm not a video gamer streamer person, right? I, I operate in this world of – you know, again, the history with Twitch with chess.com was that they were just a, a, another broadcast platform we were comparing to live stream, use stream, web stream, ice stream. You know, we all scream for ice cream, right? I mean, that's what it was back then, at least yeah. for us. Um, and, and Twitch wasn't as big as they are now where they're, you know, billion dollar company acquired by Amazon, right? But, um, you know, so, but we were invited there by these, um, uh, the, the, the players that we've been dealing with and negotiating with at at Twitch, um, in regards to sort of the big kind of partnership that we've been working on and we're preparing to announce very soon. In fact, you can probably already tell in my tone, I'm, I'm less worried about being confidential about it because, because <laughs> the agreements have been signed, baby girl. It's just a matter of time nice. before we turn heads and announce that we have a lot of things coming for the chess world. And it's really just about working together to grow chess within the Twitch community, but also just globally and the potential for it to really be an eSport and all the things we're doing with Pro Chess League and Speed Chess Championships, but also a lot of other details to it. But it it was cool to be invited. You know, we had some comp stuff. I got to go to like a really like mixer that, by the way, I was doing the math on this mixer. I don't know how much money it must have cost them, but it's crazy. Um, but it, this is not the world that chess.com operates in. We're like such a still like low self low self esteem super surprised that our company has been so <laughs> successful kind of mindset and yeah. you know I like that and I think I think we tend to be frugal and and calculated and operate with a bottom line that can kind of keep your your decisions in check and in integrity because you're always thinking that way but but Twitch is a I mean it's been so great to work with them and TwitchCon itself was super overwhelming. I learned a ton about the streaming environment, about the video game kind of community. Um, I got a chance to to meet the CD, the CEO Emmett Shear, and and got a little bit of FaceTime with him, and and it was really cool because we found out that him and a lot of their other guys are are really aware of of the partnership that we're building here, and so I was. It was awesome on that level and a lot of cool things to come, I think, with chess within the gaming community. The conference itself is just mind-blowing. I mean, honestly, if you're in the video gaming community, I can't not recommend it. It was There were 40,000 people there. Oh, my it, goodness. Like, there to just, like, like hang out 
And, and there's like a massive, you know how it is, there's a massive exhibitor's room where there's a million people yeah. displaying everything from Logitech, you know, mice to like a massive esports stage, like some esports championship events were there. And then there were a ton of conferences, which is where I spent almost all my day, like inside of, of you know, training sessions on, on how, to, how to do this, how to do that, like how to grow your brand online with Twitch and how to do all this. And, you know, so some of that stuff was maybe not like super useful for us because, you know, or we're already doing it and we're kind of, you know, we're not in the same position that a lot of streamers are where they're kind of, they're basically all relying on just like subscription revenue on Twitch and everything is about learning how to market themselves on the web, whereas that's really what mm -hmm. chess.com does already. But, but I learned a ton. I had a really good time. TwitchCon 2017. I recommend people to consider going and, um, on a personal level and just chess.com business level, like it was very useful and kind of cool to meet, meet some of these. Some of these big time dudes in the in the Twitch community and kind of continue to keep the ball rolling there. Yeah, that's super rad. I mean, I, I like I said, I go to PAX every year, so it's it's just tons and tons of people all jammed in. There's a exhibitor area, Twitch is there, YouTube's there, like all the Nintendo's there, everyone's there, and it's just kind of it's kind of cool to see this mass of people just has a passion for it. And Twitch is a little bit interesting because there's so much on Twitch. There's you know like kind of IRL type stuff. There's board games. There's video games. There's people that are playing music. There's people cooking. Yep. There's actually all sorts of different activities. So like if you, I guess, I mean, there's so many people watching streams all the time that you think about, but to kind of have more diversity where it's not just video games, it's all that other stuff, I think is really cool as it kind of grows and transforms in a way. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, I mean, to see I learned about happens. that too. I didn't even realize how many IRL board game things there are where people are playing in real life, uh, role player games, you know, they play board yeah. games, D and D to, and then there's all the creatives and people that are doing art and music and other stuff. So it's, it is cool. I think obviously it's a big part of the future of the web online. It, it could be part of our, our old school, how technology is helping or ruining your lives. Cause I really like that part of Twitch that it's, it feels like a very cool full circle on humanity where it's not about disconnecting from other people. It's not about just the ease of what's available online that really doesn't involve human interaction. Like Twitch is really built on their community and creating ways for people to connect and support the hosts they like. And it's, it's really, really cool, uh, to, to see that in like a real experience. I mean, we had people come up to us and tell us that not only do they love chess, but tell stories where like being involved with a Twitch community, like saved their life and they really love it and they really feel connected. So it, it was, it was cool. And I'll just say that I could probably talk about it forever. But uh, one of the things I wonder about, I got to be honest, you're talking about your international travel. How do you and Heather stay connected? Do you guys make a chance for <laughs> some date nights during these things? Because I'm sitting here thinking about Matza's days in Romania. Now you're traveling. And I want to make sure your emotional body, you know, I want I want I want to make sure that you're 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 doing well there. You know, it's super, it's super hard because now you're traveling a lot too. And then it's, it's actually a good question just in general, because if you start traveling even more and you're gone for, you're gone for a day or two, not a big deal, but once you're gone for a week, I'm going to be gone for two weeks. Right. So yeah, yeah. I think, you know, Heather and I, we, there's the importance of the date night at home, right? I think that that's what is really important is we always take at least, I mean, we always go out like once, once a week, but we celebrate our relationship once a month we, we actually some people celebrate their anniversary like yearly or something like that we I love every month every month is a, every day is a celebration it's a great um i love her so much and um but every month we try to do something on our anniversary day of like when we met and usually sometimes it's just something small like we go out to dinner maybe like we went to a jazz show which was really fun uh last week uh for our 29th month which was really nice 
But nice. when we when you, you we guys count like baby years, like the only other people oh, that yeah. speak in terms of twenty nine months months are pregnant mothers. So oh yeah, I we, love that. we have a we have a count. We have a it's okay. always active and always going. It just keeps going, right? It's and it's it's the, we'll have the two we'll have the two and a half two and a half year, and then we'll be we'll count the months again, right? So uh, I think it's just kind of a fun thing to do. Like it, it's a it's a reason to do something, but also to kind of celebrate your your love for your partner. Uh, but when we're away. You know, I think it's always hard, especially if you're in different time zones. Like right now I'm in Mexico, but when I'm in Brazil, it'll be even further. It'll be quite a few hours, quite, quite, quite a few hours, like five or six hours ahead. And that's a little bit even trickier because, you know, your whole days, you're going to sleep, they're getting up, you know, type of thing. But we we try multiple form factors of staying communicative. First, just everyone, you know, it's all about texting and emojis and all that jazz. So always texting, just kind of keeping them what you're doing, what you're up to, how's their day go, do, going, you know, if I'm getting up before them, just kind of have some messages, you know, when Maybe they wake up and same two. thing, right? Maybe yeah, a little gift, gift here. Or, or, or 17 gifts if in my case, yeah. Yeah, about 17 gifts is good. Um, and then, you know, we do a lot of Snapchatting, just a little messages here and there. I think that was, I'm not a huge Snapchatter, but yeah, using I'm, Snapchat I'm not even to on send, Snapchat. I don't, I don't know, oh, which, but go ahead. No. You, snap in, you snap at a chat and uh, right. always be snapping. Chat, and Chat is snappy. Sorry. Chat is snappy. Well, so the nice <laughs> thing is that you can send small little video messages right back and forth. And you can do that via text, but then there's data implications and there's, you know, it refactors it. I don't know. There's a whole bunch of things. Snapchat just works and they can play back things. So it's nice to send little messages here and there, let them know. And then if I'm gone for more than five days, we always try to set up at least one day in there where we'll hop on FaceTime or on Skype just based on whatever machine I'm on or whatever she's on. And we try to set aside a nice hour, hour and a half for like a proper date night uh online of just talking communicating we've gone we've gone where we would if i was gone for a long time i'd buy like a a, a wine or whatever like sometimes they have little wine bottles in the room and we would drink a glass of wine together that's pretty cool that's but i think a, you have to cherish so those it's adorable. very important it's that important so to stay adorable. connected you know i couldn't imagine going you know with a, a few days without seeing seeing her in some form or 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 talking for a long period you know that's just how i am i don't know how it is but that's me i I love that that is uh, so i'm glad i asked about your emotional well-being and and that's actually that's really cool i i don't have to do that as much anymore which is something i really enjoy obviously my wife and i have four kids right and there's a yeah a lot going on facetime is a regular part of our life especially because i don't even think talia our baby i don't even think she knows what a phone is without facetime like i mean (laughs) yeah it's like sound comes out of something but she's like where's the face right i mean she yeah she it's kids like that that's what they want to do all the time but what's also funny is talia she now just decides when our conversations are over me and shauna are talking and she's a part of the facetime but she'll just go bye dad and then i see her hand like click the screen sometimes she gets lucky and hits the red button other times Mm. she misses right and shauna goes no i'm talking to dad we don't get to say bye to dad just because you're done and she usually does that because it's like you know, it's nap time or she's just like, hey, I'm done with this guy. Let's go get a snack. Right. Um, yeah. But uh, no, but that's really that's really cute. That is like adorable. And I'm not even joking. That's like uh, awesome. I can't even keep track of how many months we've been together. I think um, Shauna did uh, the sweetest thing for our last kind of like I think I think it was Valentine's Day, not anniversary, where she wrote out something and I saved all of it. But it was like how many days, how many hours, how many minutes we had been together. And oh, nice, when you're yeah. talking like 13 years, it got into like this like million. No- it was actually really kind of <laughs> cool to put it in that sort of perspective. It's like the, you know, what is it? 529,600 minutes, right? Like the rent song. Yeah. Um, 
So anyway, but that's the only kind of comparable thing I can share because you, you and Heather are just uh, that that's We're just cuties. adorable. I, love, I also you like guys to... are cuties, but you mentioned Skype. And if you remember uh-huh. last week, I told a story about the Scholastic uh-huh. Kings Youth Program for Education. Yes, and that's I, what I, I was talking about. I think I teased about. out another story if you still want to hear it. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for it. I love I love a good Danny Wrench story. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I sit back. I'm sitting back. I'm sitting back, relaxed. Okay. Yeah. Really. So ready to take so, ready anyway, to take story, it in. The story I teased out, everybody, if you remember, was I don't even know how did we get on the topic of. Of the movie. I think someone was asking about movies, right? I think, I think, wasn't it someone was asking about movies or something like that? It was listener feedback? I think it was listener feedback. So follow up. That's what we're going to say, follow up. Even if it wasn't, follow up. Okay. So, yeah. So uh, for those of you who who know him as Cuba Gooding Jr., uh, CBJ, as he's known to his friends, CBJ. Um, or I, I call him Cubes. It's no big deal, Cubes. Um, no kidding. Uh, he's he's known as as Mister Mister Gooding Jr. Uh, but he he, he was uh, he's now he's made kind of a big comeback in the last few years with like the OJ thing and whatever. So mm-hmm. I feel like Cuba a little more back in the limelight from his early days of Show Me the Money on Jerry Maguire. But uh, we did a movie. Chess.com was a part of a movie a few years ago because we got a call. Uh, just, just while doing like nothing, we were, tra- we were traveling actually David and myself, um, were, were traveling together, which was sort of weird. Cause we like, he lives in Northern California, Northern California. I live in Arizona, but uh, he was actually in Arizona visiting and we were, we were in Flagstaff going to the Grand Canyon. I forgot mm. about that. That was kind of cool. But we got a call from Valerie, who was a produ- one of the producers of the movie Life of a King. You can look up the movie Life of a King, uh, or you can click on the link if uh, you're able to do that. If you're driving while listening to this, do not click on a link. But I wrote a <laughs> blog about my experience um, with Life of a King. And anyway, David and I got invited to come out and basically act as the chess consultants for this movie that was taking place like tomorrow. And by the way, this was one of my first experiences of learning that Hollywood does not operate in normal human time zone communications like who can you call who like has like a busy life and a family and like an 80 hour week job and say like drop what you're doing and come to LA tomorrow the only way you can do that is Hollywood because you have big movie stars and people love the opportunity to do crazy stuff so anyway that was my first experience that Hollywood does not operate in the time zone that the rest of us do so anyway, we went out there and that was just the first weekend. Then we went out there another weekend. We went out there another time. We were, we were driving out there on the weekends and they were filming these different scenes at Long Beach and different stuff. And David and I were on site as the chess consultants, which was both acting as sort of advice on how they were filming chess scenes, making sure that there was no illegal positions, making sure that it seemed authentic in terms of the language, but then also training the actors in between scenes so that they could act as if they knew what they were doing in chess. And and that was kind of the fun uh, the funnest part of it is we we actually were able to give Cuba Gooding Jr. private lessons along with some of the other authors, oh, uh, some of the other actors cool. there. And and he was he was an interesting guy. I think that's how it came up. He he was uh he commanded a room, a lot of bravado, a lot of, uh, he was a pretty outspoken dude when he was in there, kind of like commanding the attention of the room, said some funny stuff, uh, didn't agree with the relationship of the king and the queen on the board and, you know, some interesting stuff. But he, um, anyway, he, he was, he was fun to be around, but I'll tell one story about this before I just say, if people want to learn more about it, check out the blog that I wrote about it is, is where I got called an explicitive by the director. Oh my goodness. And and Classic. in the blog, like by you. the way, I don't even have it the full version. I'm going to tell you the rated R version here without actually saying bad words. So 
he, um, Jake was the director, super nice guy, by the way, and did a good job. And, but he was originally upset when he first read the blog and asked me to kind of edit it, which I decided to do, not because I didn't have to, as like, if you want to claim journalistic integrity, but I decided to, cause I didn't, I think he was nervous at the time. He didn't want to come across wrong. Um, yeah, yeah. but we were, we were in a scene where Cuba is lecturing the kids on how they need to be a king and not a, not a pawn or something. Right. And he grabbed, I was sitting in the director's chair next to Jake, and he grabbed a bishop as he was talking about, like, being a king. And I yelled cut. I yelled cut, okay? I'm not the director. <laughs> why would you yell, why would you yell uh, cut? That seems like, well, I, it seems like, it seems Jake like, it like, <laughs> seems like you're getting in exactly. trouble. Exactly. I did not have the right to yell cut. I understand that. Well, let me just tell the story here. So, okay, so I turned you. to Jake, and I was like, Jake, that's not. And he was like, nope, just let it go, let it go. But they asked us to be there to, like, make sure we didn't do anything like that. And it being that it was a first movie experience, I didn't know that, one, everything you see in a movie was filmed 150 times from, like, yeah. a million different angles. And there are a lot of opportunities to get it right. But at the same time, you could argue, like, look, if he decides that that particular scene and the emotion delivered was what he wanted, but some sort of glaring hole, like, hey, you're holding a bishop while you're talking about how kids need to be a king, that doesn't work, right? Yeah. And so, um, and that's actually why they had us there. And that's why David and I also got kind of sneak cuts and footage in, in, of any of the scenes that they were actually showing chess pieces, because that is the way directors think. Like, Jake knows nothing about chess, and all he's looking for is where the lines, to, like, was the emotion there? Was it was it convincing? Was there drama, right? And we actually had to tell them several times, like, hey, like, yeah, you like this scene. Like, that actually, like, you can't use that scene. That didn't work, right? <laughs> um and because he really wanted it to be authentic. And so I, I said, I, I told Jake that, but he was like kind of waving me off. Like, no, 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 just let him finish. And I was like, no, dude, you got to cut. And I said it loud enough. I didn't yell cut. I said, no, you got to cut. Like he's doing it wrong. And then he like looked at me because somebody else looked at him. Like when they hear the word cut, he looks at me and then he yells a loud cut. And he turns to me. He goes, he goes, he goes, yo, I'm not a bleeping idiot. Like you got to basically shut your bleep in mouth and don't act like a bleep basically like, oh my that goodness. Just, like put me in my place <laughs> and um and, he, and understandably so but then he went in and like kind of like apologized to cuba that i did that whatever but then cuba was like oh no no i agree with him no 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 he's right we don't want to we don't want to waste any of our scenes like we got to make sure we get those details right he's like okay so this is the king right so he because cuba didn't know anything about it by the way the original person they wanted to play that role was lawrence fishburne who a lot of people know from searching for Bo for bobby fisher oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah. and lawrence fishburne is actually like a 1600 rated chess player by the way oh wow nice so anyway sorry that went on a little longer than you wanted but it, it's a, it definitely was a unique and interesting experience cuba was on my side and, and cuba uh, got your back cuba and got i got back. you know what I got put in my place by the director, rightfully so, I understand. And later, we kind of hugged it out. Um, and the producers told me some really funny stories about actors and directors getting in fights. And anyway, so there you go. That's what happened. I've been... It, it, it's it's so crazy. We do these rehearsals for keynotes and things like that. And it's 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 almost managed that way. You have like a 10, 15, 20 people watching you. You're doing the rehearsal. People are taking notes. You're doing this. You're doing that. I'm taking notes. And you've gone through rehearsals. And video. I'm about to do some videos now for an upcoming event that we're doing. And uh, afterwards, we're, afterwards, we'll kind of regroup afterwards and get a bunch of feedback from uh, whoever is, you know, the 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 person that's the main presenter that's kind of right. bringing everyone else up on stage to present so kind of the director of the uh of, of the keynote and get feedback and uh, you're supposed to just kind of take in the feedback but then sometimes 
I don't necessarily agree with the feedback. So I'm, I, or, or I have some other feedback that I want to put in. And a lot of people just are, that sounds good. That sounds good. But when something seems off to me, I just let it know. And at the last conference, I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about that. Or like, I'm going to tell you like this other person said this and, you know, I'm not really sure. And, and afterwards, if someone's like, I can't believe that you, you know, said that to, to, to him. And, and we were just like, what are you doing? You know, you just, just listen and take it in. I was like, I, I, I just didn't, I didn't want to say these words and I didn't want this to happen. And it was, it didn't seem correct. So what was the agreement, right? Just like, oh, that is not the right piece, right? This is not the right thing right. to say. And sometimes you just got to say it. So I, I, I think I have your back on it and I don't know. That's just yep. me, but, but no, I, I, so and it funny. was okay. Like it was, I didn't know, right? And they did do that scene a number of other times, but they got it right from then on out. And at least as far as the king goes. And anyway, it's just interesting to know that uh, when you're kind of, you got people from totally different backgrounds. And But I, I think also that's also part of the movie drama, which is how the producers kind of told me like, hey, don't worry about it. Don't feel bad. Like, this is what happens. And, and secretly, the actors and directors love it. They love drama on set. That's <laughs> what one of the producers told me. That's um, funny. Anyway, so kind of funny stuff, but I want to share one more thing because, uh, you know, I had a birthday and you got me something super special. But also, here's what's special about the gift you got me. Again, this whole show is me recapping the gifts that Mods gets me. I just sound like the most selfish. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't even, I don't even know what else to say. I guess you're just, you're just an angel and, um, you're <laughs> the way he, the best thing is that you got me this coffee gift in addition to all the other coffee gifts you've got me, but you got it, you got me this, this, uh, this awesome roast and you sent it to me from Paris. Yeah, exactly. So that was you, the coolest part about it, it is I, you know, I don't think, I think, I, I think of gifts, especially when I'm traveling for people, but like sending it while there, usually it's like, Hey, I'm going to put this in the bag and bring it back. But, uh, so that was really cool. So I don't know if you want to share the specific roast you got me or why you did it, but, uh, I really appreciate it. Love you. And it was awesome. Yeah. You know, I was, I was thinking as we, we this is just coming off, uh, it's a few weeks ago. So this was just coming off, you know, your new coffee situation. I think that's why it you took know, a while, home. by the way. Right. Cause it was from, yeah, it yeah. was from Paris. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay, yeah, it's go got to come all the way across, you know? Right. And I was, I was going around and I, you know, I just was drinking some great coffee at this shop and they roasted their own beans and everything. I was like, you know, I think, I think Danny would, would appreciate this roast because I was sitting there drinking some. So it's like, oh, I was just thinking of you and thinking of, of our show. And I was thinking about the beans and I was thinking about the, sh- the shop. And, <laughs> you say that. Sorry. And, I was thinking about the beans. I was thinking about you, <laughs> thinking about the roast. <laughs> I just love yeah, that. And I was, I was just, you know, and I love this photo you sent me too because there's, I think it's some child's feet in the photo too. That's, that's the... Hazel. I was like, I was like, honey, move away from the photo. What are you doing, Dad? Honey, I'm taking a picture of the coffee. The Mott's got me. Oh, and like, anyway, took me like, took me five minutes to get her to back up an inch, by the way, but go ahead. Yeah. Still, still feet in there. Very cute. It was a very classic Danny photo. It's either feet in the photo, Danny uh, uh, grinding coffee without a shirt on in the right. photo. It just kind of depends the, on the, the day, usuals. but it's a great day. Yeah. Just the use, just the use, just the use. Oh, my goodness. Speaking of the huge, so and, and Danny keeping a shirt on, and one of my last Twitch shows, somebody offered $500 for me to take my shirt off. Did you take it off? I didn't. Is that allowed? Is that is that allowed via Twitch? Can you get? Oh, yeah. No, it happens all the time. And then they raised the rate to $500 for five minutes. And I started doing the math, and I was like, that's a pretty good hourly rate. That's $500 for five minutes. Um, anyway, no, it, <laughs> that actually did happen. And it's not something we want to do on our particular chess shows. But this whole Twitch thing, I'm learning, like, people do things like that. They, yeah, I don't know if that's okay. I don't know that it's okay. I mean, it, no, it is legal. It does happen. Yeah. 
Yeah. But is it it's, okay? Yeah. Like, is it okay? It's not okay. It's not know, okay. I would tell no, my kids, like, okay. hey, like, you don't need to sell your body or yourself for that. And and then I was doing the math on $500 for five minutes, and I was like, well, yeah, no. well wait a second here. <laughs> maybe you, maybe there is a price. Uh, but, uh, there, no, there's really not a price. And um, speaking of... Uh, of Twitch streams, we did get some listener feedback this week. That first of all, we got to start with what he says about you, buddy, because he says that you seem like a super cool guy. I do, uh, yeah, I appreciate that, uh, Shrian. Everybody believe, wants you as a friend it, yeah. after they hear about our relationship. By the way, I, I do, I, and I, apparently you dropped the the dropped the show on um, Chess Today, which I appreciate um, some promotion, which is cool. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to say his name wrong, but Shrian, Shrian. Yeah, that's what I'm going to go. I think with. it's Shrian. Um, I think it's Shrayan. Shrayan. Yeah, correct us if we're wrong. And uh, Shrayan Majumder. Shrayan Majumder. He listened to all 27 episodes in four days. That's okay, crazy. he binge watched awesome. it. Binged, it. binged the podcast. He, he went. He went Netflix. He did. He did. Went straight on Stranger Things. Um, yeah, but he had he had some questions for you, which was actually kind of interesting me too. Uh, he wrote in. He said, "I've reached master level strength." Which I don't know what that means, but it sounds great. By watching chess TV, flagging people. I don't know what that means either. Doing tactics. That means and be- watching beating people on time. Oh, okay. Flagging people. All right. Yeah, I don't know nothing about chess. And watching chess instructional videos across, not not the, the internet, but the World Wide Web for the last four right. years. Um, can World I follow Wide Web. This? Is that what WWW stands for? No, that is um, Wacky uh, Wacky, Western. Wacky Wet and Wild. Wacky Wet and Wacky Wild. Wacky Wet and Wild. <laughs> uh, do you remember the show? Uh, it was on uh, Nickelodeon. Uh, was it Wacky and Wacky Wild Crazy Kids or something like that? Yeah, yeah, um, vaguely, yeah. Something. Anyways, I, dig- I digress. Can I follow yep. the same approach and get stronger with the addition of detailed game analysis, or is reading chess books necessary? Because I'm too lazy to set up chess positions while reading books. So, how do you get better? I don't even know. You just keep playing, right? Just keep going. Yeah, I mean, it. first of all, that's pretty impressive. I mean, if you're if he's just playing, it sounds like he's uh, pretty pretty computer savvy, probably pretty quick with the mouse, especially if he's flagging people and, and blitz and bullet. Now, master strength is is relevant to the platform you're playing on. I don't want to, I'm not trying to pop uh, Shrayan's bubble, but the, you know, over the board master is different than online master, just from the perspective that there's two completely different platforms. You know, you have people playing blitz, at the highest level, it's not. Like, you see Nakamura and Carlson playing Blitz. Like, these guys have a history over the board, and they're playing the best chess they can. But if you're trying to compare yourself, like, I have an online rating, and then there's these ratings, it's not exactly the same pool. But it, it, but being 2200 on chess.com is master strength on chess.com. So that is an accomplishment, which is, I mean, that's very good. And, um, you know, if, if you're there by basically being a vicarious learner, which is what you're describing, the process of watching chess TV and watching videos, I think it takes a rare person who can really get better just from watching video lectures because even if there's a ton of educational nuggets offered like say I have my best show ever where just the flow of the show maybe people ask really good questions that opens up the door for like interesting insights about how to study how to get better it's still it's still difficult just to get better from listening to somebody else talk about how to get better. You know, you have to put those ideas and methods into practice for most people. We can't just learn things vicariously and say, oh, 
You know, Wrench just talked about how to calculate, and now I'm calculating that way in my games. Usually it's not that simple. Um, so that is pretty impressive. And, and the question is, can that same approach get you stronger? I mean, here's the thing. To be a titled player anyway, you have to play over-the-board chess, which is, there are, there are not titles awarded just for online chess at this point, although we are thinking about having chess.com titles. Um, that's another thing. Uh, once again, I reveal product that I shouldn't, classic, I shouldn't reveal. I'm so bad at that. Move. If anybody listened to this podcast, they'd be like, oh, I'm going to steal Danny's ideas and go give them to all the other chess sites. Um, anyway, so the, um, but nobody listens to the podcast from the chess community. Come on, you know, um, all of our fans are from your community, I think. Uh, the, can you follow the same approach? I mean, here's the thing, like, you only really get better through kind of like deep self-reflection, which is reviewing your own games and and knowing what to compare to and where you're making your mistakes. And and pattern recognition is where exponential jumps are made. And, and the difference is incremental jumps are like, you can't get to this step until you've done this step. But exponential jumps can be made when you start recognizing a pattern in your mistakes that can apply universally to other positions you haven't even played yet. Let me describe that. This is kind of a cool concept to think about as a... As a teacher, it's like when I try to work with somebody, I'm always working with them not just on the X's and O's of the specific concrete position because there are literally billions of specific concrete chess positions. You're talking with them about, you know, uh, the weaknesses and how they maybe, uh, you know, occur in other types of positions or how the thought process could be universally tweaked or whatever because you're trying to give somebody the skill set to not just make good decisions informatively with, with like on a test, but to make better decisions in positions that you can't even prepare them for, right? That they're going to see later, right? And that's kind of the idea. So I think you have to really review your games deeply and find the patterns of where you're going wrong. You know, I'm always, I, I misevaluate this or whatever. And that, and that sometimes takes a coach, takes somebody with experience. Um, it also takes, you know, study of, of what the best players do and, and try to, try to, um, you know, I, I do think that there's a lot of great chess books out there. And so I guess I'm kind of giving him you a little bit of the soft answer of, you know, yes, you can continue to get better by playing chess and learning vicariously, but ultimately beating like, like semi-professional or over the hill professionals like me, like there's a level of chess knowledge from like master to like title player that is like, it's really, really difficult to get there just from playing and trying to learn from others. You know, you really have to dive into your own weaknesses and uh, be self-critical. Yeah. And it also seems like you're saying like to go maybe do some, you know, local tournaments, maybe, right? Just kind of yeah, yeah. get your get get over the board, see how you interact and take those moves and then study what you're like in real life. Like, I think when I rehearse, um, like I'll do some videos, I'll rehearse a presentation. It's very different than presenting in front of people. So even if I want to present something like sometimes I want to try a new flow. So say, Heather, just give me kind of five minutes of your time and let me let me basically do my first five minutes of my my session because I want to try it on someone. And even in that presenting to someone is the same as playing the game of chess over the board because you're, you're looking at someone or away from somebody's eyes, you know, as you're playing. And it's like poker, you know, when you play online poker versus in real life, I like playing poker. It's the same thing. It's like you're, there's a whole different mentality of of what you're going to do and and how people are going to try to read you and ride into your, read into your psyche of, of what you're playing. So I think getting out there too is also a good thing to do. And just like you said, learn from what you're doing. It's, we often in the tech scene of, of, of building applications and 
and releasing not only mobile apps, but websites. It's the same thing I'm sure with chess.com is you, you set up a, a pipeline, a production pipeline, if you want, which is I'm building my product, right? I'm learning, I'm getting, I'm getting it to the place where I can play the game. And then I play the game and I, and I release it, right? And that's my, my continuous delivery. I'm delivering and I'm getting, I'm making new builds. I'm improving myself. But then I need to monitor myself, right? Which is I need to do the analysis. I need to gain the insights. See how I just tied this right back to development? And like you're gaining those insights, then you can take back to step one and then go over and over again um, uh, to, to, sort, to sort of master your development. And that's kind of what you have to do even in in games or in chess, I think, is, is the same, I, same type I, of I thing. I agree totally. And you should you should consider Boom. public speaking as a thing as, uh, a, as a thing you do. I've thought about it. I've thought uh, about it You probably it never heard that from anybody. No, but that's the first time I've, I've first time. Well, yeah, there you, you have it. Think about that. Let's let that um, let that sink in for this week and uh, come back to us with a midlife crisis about a potential career change next week. If you do consider public speaking as a thing, um, I will. I'm going to so. go and take it. I'm going to go read some pros and cons, I think, and then just reanalyze my life. And that'll be right. uh, a good weekend <laughs> activity for me. All right, buddy. Is well, that it? anything else? I mean, this has been a lot of fun. You know, we're bouncing around. I really enjoy our time together. I hope that the listeners do too. Um, I, uh, I really appreciate all the feedback we get. So from this, uh, this, our, our, uh, Shriyan from, from Mumbai. Um, we actually have a team trying to qualify for the Pro Chess League this Saturday from Mumbai called the Mumbai oh, cool. Movers. Nice. The Pro Chess League is blowing up. Anyway, okay. But that's another, uh, why chess matters for a future potential session of white chess doesn't matter and nobody cares so um anyway i had a great time again love you buddy i want you to be safe down there i want you to get in a date night with heather for me in this coming week and uh, don't make it awkward don't that thing like hey i'm doing this for danny it's be like when you give someone a kiss and you're like hey lay another kiss on this person exactly how (laughs) i gave you that kiss like that would be weird right but you know just make make your emotional well-being a priority for this guy and okay. um, we'll do. And I'll see. And I'll see you next week. All right. See you next week, buddy. Love you.